1: For over 50 years Our hearts are swelling with pride and plus corned beef We all wear t-shirts to prove we like living here This building's no longer haunted by sadness We win a title about every century We now have more breweries than citizens We put up signs to remind us where we live We added bars and we legalized gambling Now we're like Vegas but cold 10 months a year Welcome to Cleveland, you Major League All-Stars Spend all your money and have fun While you're here It could be worse You could be in Detroit Still a Detroit
0: Fun times in Cleveland again Still Cleveland Come on down to Cleveland Town, everyone. See our QB throw four interceptions. Baker might be worse than Nick Mullins. See him throwing it to Rosal Douglas. Somehow their line contained Miles Garrett. His 15 sacks are mostly due to just Justin Fields. A running back averaged eight yards a carry. See coach call a pass like a douchebag. We lost by two because we missed a PAT. See a referee missing in offsides. He wants to get himself out of Cleveland. Nick Chubb is Taking this ball out of Cleveland. But at least we're not Detroit. Still not Detroit. Alright, welcome to Reporting as Eligible, everybody. Matt's laughing hysterically. Um, uh, JR is out on vacation this week. So um, I'm Paul Noonan, right for Acme Packing Company, Shepherd Express, and joining me as
1: usual, but not recently, is My name is Matt, but you can call me Metub, Acme Packing Company Meme Weaver, and General twiddle- Twitter Twitter Rabble Rouser. And I was rousing a lot of rabble the last couple days we
0: both were actually so, <laughs> so, it's been a rough, so rough time on twitter here not for um, you so much but <laughs> uh,
1: well so paul kicked the hornet's nest that is the aaron Rodgers fanboy sect um which i i always avoid that because you're just I, gonna get i
0: don't actually tweet to tweet tweet quote <laughs> that much and had forgotten the ramifications of doing so so i i I tweet quoted Pat McAfee's actual show to make a point, and that was a mistake. I'm, I'm not doing that again. My Twitter feed has been inundated by just complete mouth-breathing idiots. So it's, it's been a rough 72
1: hours or so at this point. <laughs> and so my, my 72 hours have been, um, uh, I said that Troy Aikman doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. Which is true. And, so that's fine. and like 95% of people agree with that. Yeah. And then, um, what was it that I did today? I did today something that, that got a lot of attention oh i think i was dunking on the yeah that dr andrew mcgregor the john madden is actually a bad person guy oh
0: yeah 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 for the for like inspiring people to play football right that was the yeah, gist and, of it and,
1: and the his video game is racist and like there was a lot of like there, there were two like major john madden is actually bad takes yeah and this was one of them um one was by a, an account with like two hundred and something thousand followers. I didn't touch that, but this this Andrew McGregor guy has like three thousand followers. I'll, I'll I'll punch at my weight class.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> uh, should punch up. But um, <laughs> uh, the easy rejoinder to a lot, I mean, that's stupid. It's it's it is someone who is not familiar enough with Madden because one thing first of all, John Madden didn't have a ton to do with the video game at a like a, an intricate play level, but. John Madden actually had a lot of control over, I would say, the sort of general tenor of what the video game was trying to communicate, and at least would opine on it. And like concussions are included in Madden because concussions became a big deal, and so now there are actual ramifications for players being concussed when you play Madden, and they can't, they go on the list and they can't play, and it's bad. Um, and I, I like, and that, that, but that is a, that is a John Madden addition to the John Madden football games that he requested be in there, and they did. So, um, and there are a lot of examples of that of John Madden actually being cognizant of some of the negative things in the NFL and wanting to either improve on them but not ignore them and have the game reflect on them properly.
1: Yeah. Um, also, like, like the real things that Madden did was was the injury stuff as well as he's the reason Madden was eleven on eleven instead of seven on seven. Right. Um, <laughs> but like. He on a broadcast in 93 brought up the point of concussions and that the league doesn't take them seriously in 1993 mm-hmm. like like 20 years before concussions was a was a, a buzzword and it was a it was actually he was calling a game for the Vikings and uh, Packer's legend Jim McMahon was playing
0: for the <laughs> Vikings at the time. boy he really made the uh, rounds.
1: yeah he he's uh um, he, he's the second closest I believe to playing NFC North bingo. Um the only person to do it is J- JT O'Sullivan. JT O'Sullivan, yeah, that's right. Um but yeah, Jim McMahon needed to play for the uh the Lions to do it. Um anyway, so McMahon obviously gets a concussion and he's like got blood coming out of one of his ears. And Madden goes, "You know in boxing if you get a concussion you can't box for a month." He goes, "I think we should do something like that." And Summerall's like, "Actually,
0: yeah." <laughs> <laughs> that that is very Pat Summerall. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so like that's a rip on Pat I, I know, Summerall, we'll... who is also good in a good foil. But yes, that is very Pat <laughs> Summerall.
1: <laughs> Pat Summerall. God, that was the the perfect Laurel and Hardy, but we'll we'll it was. Apply Yeah, him.
0: we have we'll do John Mann later. R.I.P. Yeah. Uh John Mann passed this week. Um and it an all time well, an all time great coach, but like honestly one of the most important football people ever to have lived.
1: Um I mean, I would argue he's the most important football person. I Ever. think
0: I think you can make that case. I think you can make a really good case for that. Um, John Madden was certainly the most like one of the most significant people in the sport from the time he became a head coach till the time of his death. And that's hard to do. Um, in many different ways, in diff- different avenues. So, we'll, but we'll, like I said, we'll get to John later. We, we came in um, singing the Cleveland tourism video song, which will follow the Cleveland tourism video song, which is just fantastic. <laughs> um, but we, first, we will go over we will go over the Cleveland Browns game because um, it, it's a it was not a great Packer victory. I mean, it's good that they won, but um, it's it's kind of emblematic of a few t- kinds of wins they've had this year where they needed a lot to go right to actually win this game. Um, yeah. it, it, it was uh, not a dominant performance by any stretch. Uh, it was it was weird. Um, the, the highest... Uh, so, of the groups that touched the ball in football, um, the special teams units, the running attack and the passing attack, the highest EPA by far was the Cleveland rushing attack by, by sure. a, a country mile. That doesn't usually happen in games. <laughs> and um, also... The Packers won this game specifically because the other team was bad on special teams, (laughs) which uh, is nice, but seems unlikely, and it's the kind of thing that you don't want regression to bite you (laughs) on later. Yeah. Uh, Karma to bite you on later, I guess. Regression doesn't work that way. Karma does, though. So, um, I I don't know. What do you think of this game? I'm very non-confident after this win.
1: So, to me, this was just the classic, like, Packers getting a lead early and then... Taking their foot off the gas. Like, LeFleur likes to get too cute when he doesn't need to be instead of just like sticking with what's working. And oh my God. Like, also, Devontae like randomly sucked for five minutes. That was like crazy. out of nowhere. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think you're definitely right that they were certainly too conservative with a nine point lead in the second half. Like, for sure, 100%. And you're right. Like, they already. Their offense bleeds clock. Like, that's just what it does. You don't need to, like, bleed more clock. (laughs) Um, but, uh, I also want to credit Cleveland a little bit, who I do think made some good changes to their defense going into the second half. Got, they got helped by the Packers, but, uh, they really, really, really took Devontae away for a a good chunk of the second half, and, and everybody else was trash. So, a little worrisome there. Yeah.
1: Um, Well, so MVS is back from COVID. Yep. We don't. We don't know if he's going to return from his personal issues. Um, He had a death in the family last week. While he was on the COVID list. Um. So, like, I don't blame him if he doesn't come back. Like, do you first? Yeah. I I will never. I like. I, I get in trouble for my opinions on college sports, and so I will always say, like, I don't care that the player opted out. Like, do you get the bag?
0: It's college. I mean, hundred percent.
1: Yeah, but also, you should take care of yourself first. And if MVS has problems with his family, it's more important than one football game against the Vikings.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And the uh, MVS being back will help, but they shouldn't be this helpless without him. Like Lazard uh, had a nice game early. Had a nice. Had one nice run um, a little bit later on, but also. When when they divert people to Adams and to take him away specifically, that's what Lazard's time to shine. He was better when he had better coverage on him than when he had worse coverage on him. And you can't have he, that.
1: His long bomb catch was while he was being interfered with. Yes,
0: it was. It was very difficult. It was a great catch. Definitely Lazard's best catch of the season. Um, and, and they just couldn't do anything to take advantage of the fact that Denzel Ward and his safety were on... Adams at all times in the second half, no, nobody could do anything. Like, Deguera couldn't do anything, not, like, uh, not that you would expect him to necessarily, but like no other receiver was able to step up at all and, and do jack squats. And yes, they did run themselves into tough situations by just plowing into the line to try and grind clock. But uh, it's, it, it just puts on film like, okay, um, maybe if you do take away Adams and you know Cobb's not out there, this might be a good way to go against them and it probably is a good way to go against them and it's weird the teams don't start like this like it's weird the teams let Devontae roam a little bit before they're like oh right it's Devonte." Adams
1: <laughs> well I also think the problem is is that like there is now a whole lot of film of the Ravens throwing everything they have at Devontae and still getting yeah. cooked yep also true um so. <laughs> you know something that I would have liked to see um I was actually, so I'm going to name drop here. Yeah. I was talking to Brandon Bostic the other day.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, is that a, a, a name drop? Uh, yes. Okay. And he continues. That, that,
1: that counts as a name drop, <laughs> it right? It does. It does. Uh, Brandon Bostic caught uh, Aaron Rodgers touchdown pass number 208. Yeah, that is correct. And it was in the, the six touchdowns and one half game against the Bears. Mm-hmm. And it was the first one in the game. It was fourth and goal. And uh, the Packers were in. What I believe the Packers call it jumbo. Some people call it heavy. It's a twenty-three personnel look. So two running backs, three tight ends. Um, Andrew Corliss, rookie Richard Rogers, and uh, Brandon Bostic are on the line. Eddie Lacy and John Kuhn in the back. Um, (laughs) The two tight ends on the right run crossers to the left, and the one tight end on the left runs it to the right. It's a mesh concept off of play action. Good old mesh. Um, And I know and. I love mesh, run mesh until you can't. That's I've been I that's like my catchphrase. Um play action to Eddie, who was on a tear that year. That was I mean, that's freaking Eddie Lacy. Like like early Eddie Lacy. The good Eddie say. Lacy year. Um and all the linebackers crash. And Bostic legit burned Kyle Fuller mm. in in uh Mankind, which was awesome. That is something I would like to see more from LaFleur. Like like running weird plays out of a weird personnel. especially like when, when
0: you are down receivers
1: yeah like this, exactly that's my
0: point <laughs> yes you're well you're 100 right and it's a thing that that Kyle Shanahan does routinely uh, uh, some of this I think is Aaron I think Aaron likes to have a certain number of wide receivers out there um Not based on anything real, but uh, I do think if LeFleur had his druthers, they would have heavy personnel more frequently than they do. And then Aaron's comfortable in 11, and so that's fine. You can compromise a little bit. But, you know, if it's just Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard healthy, like, maybe you do want to try running a little bit bigger personnel once in a while, and especially in a situation where you're going to be power running a lot. Um, And, I mean, Equinemius was, he was active for this game, and... He got no targets, and in the past, we've seen him do like Debo stuff. And this would have maybe been a good time to try it, and they just didn't do it, so just weird, yeah. And uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> also, ba- God, Baker was so
0: bad. Baker's just... terrible. Let's, we sh- let's rip on the Browns a little bit because, um, uh, first of all, ripping on the Browns we should put out, is a little like ripping on the Vikings, um, which is worth noting because. They're coached by Vikings by form by former <laughs> by Kev, their coach is Kevin Stefanski um well their their OC is Alex Van Pelt so they're coached by Packers too um but they have a very Zimmery type scheme It leans heavily on the run which is actually fine for their personnel <laughs> they're really good at it um but uh yeah I think they're they're tr- sort of in this trap where they have Baker and he is a touted young quarterback but he's he's not good he sucks he's not the answer um and it's going to be a problem for them it's it, the browns are just perpetually screwed with like we talk about the bears all the time being perpetually screwed with quarterbacks but Honestly, the Browns are kind of the same. Um, they at least have Bernie hey, Kosar. Man. I was going to say, what about Bernie Kosar? <laughs> so, okay, so I love Bernie Kosar. I actually modeled my throwing motion as a kid after Bernie Kosar, who is tall and through sidearm, and it, it's like the you only know, get a decent spiral on things. I love Bernie Kosar. Um, but having Bernie Kosar be your best quarterback since Otto Graham is kind of like how the Bears are. It just you know, except they have somebody since Sid Luckman. That's the only difference. Yeah. Um, but like they've been and through- you know, what? if it,
1: if if it wasn't for John Elway's stupid horse face, yeah, we would be talking about Bernie Kosar a hell of a lot more than we currently do.
0: That's act- that's very true. If if people realized the prevent defense sucked earlier than they did, Bernie would have <laughs> would have a Super Bowl or two to his name. That's that is correct. He yeah,
1: he at the very least would have an appearance. Yeah. and probably would have put up a better fight than that terrible Broncos
0: team. Yeah, that Browns team was way better. Uh, honestly, like if. If you know how g- the Browns eighties team is very underrated and I would recommend anybody like who has Tech Mobile laying around or just grab an emulator, go play with the Browns because they're awesome. They are um a- across the board, just fantastic on offense and defense. Um, the Ozzie Newsome is on that team, the guy who built the Ravens, the current Ravens who have the best front office in football. Um, Eric Metcalf is on that team; he was excellent. Kevin Mack is a Tech Mobile legend. Um, I would say second tier boat to Bo Jackson, but a Tech Mobile legend. Um, and their defense is really, really, really good too, kind of across the board. And oh, uh, also receiving wise, Richie Langhard, underrated receiver. Uh, that's enough Brown reminiscing. These Browns suck. Um, they. <laughs> They have a good offensive line. They ran the ball really well. They averaged eight yards a carry in this game and 0. 0.45 EPA per carry in this game, which is stupid insane. <laughs> um, but Baker sucks. Their coaching is not that great, and they just kept passing when they shouldn't have been passing, or at least to- told Baker like just just check down, like don't don't do anything, just check down, like. Nick Mullins played for them the week before, and that's all he did. And they just ran the ball for six yards of carry. And Nick Mullins checked down, and they looked a lot better. Like,
1: <laughs> there, there was a little point. I think it was in the third quarter when they started running more than passing. And I even tweeted, "I was like, oh god, the Browns figured out that Baker's terrible and Chubb is good." But then they didn't. Then they
0: snapped back to passing. Like, yeah, then they, they, they just, stopped. It
1: was you it, know what's what's funny about that is. Um, Back in when did when did Greg Jennings leave the Packers 2013
0: something like that yeah, 2013 sounds about right
1: so his first year at the Vikings he had a terrible stat sheet and everyone was kind of crapping on it I remember the Ari- yeah Arif Hassan at the time was yeah. writing for the Daily Norseman and he wrote an article called uh, Greg Jennings is always open where he used all 22 to show that Jennings yeah. was all, like, is always, always, open. always open that's true um the all twenty two on this game will show that David Njoku was open the whole. Game. He, he was he was open the whole the game. The whole game, <laughs> the, the Packers
0: just yeah. If you so here's nothing to worry about Green Bay and Matt is correct about this. Uh, the Packers have struggled with tight ends this year. The, uh, obviously with Mark Andrews last week and um, David Njoku is a, a good tight end, but he was targeted twice and had no catches for no yards. But he was open the whole game and Baker just never found him um, for whatever reason that is hundred percent true. So it's going to look like a bad tight end game. The Packers DVOA covering tight ends is going to go up, but uh, they did not do a good job covering him. <laughs> it. It's funny that way, but like, I, I don't, I don't know how you can be this bad at coaching especially given h- how much coaches lean towards running the ball just as a default. I mean, I know modern guys don't. Modern guys like passing the ball. That's fine. Um but like guys from the Vikings and the Brown the Browns run the ball is their primary thing, but like so in the fourth quarter with 6 minutes left, uh, they scored a touchdown on this drive, but it, the, Nick Chubb got 12 yards and then Nick Chubb got 8 yards. And then they passed four times in a row and it it worked barely. But they w- they got the third and ten by passing four times in a row. And then, dernis Johnson had that 30-yard run. <laughs> like, all their passing was stupid. And all their running gained 50 yards in three plays. Um, <laughs> that's like the microcosm of the Browns. I swear, if in the second half, if they don't throw a pass, they win this game. Uh, it, probably going away. Uh, like, they probably score to get ahead and run the ball a bunch more and score to get ahead and run the ball, to run yeah. the clock out.
1: The the Browns are are like... Um if you had a hybrid of shooting yourself in the foot with Russian roulette, <laughs> like there's a chance that they won't shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah. <laughs> just just
0: a ridiculous game plan. Um and, and like they should get credit for the Dernis Johnson third and ten run where they capitalized yeah. on Rashawn Gary's propensity to cut inside on third down when he shouldn't, when losing his edge. <sighs> well, it was a great play call and a great diagnosis of a Packer weakness. But like yep. um but but you can do that like the whole game. <laughs> by the way,
1: did you did you see that, that Lowry was held real bad? He was on. held
0: really bad with Jersey pull and everything. You are correct uh-huh. about it. but I mean uh, let's not be the guys who complain about holding because we know No,
1: okay, gonna... so I by the way, I'm I'm not I'm not trying to complain about holding, but the refs put a put a mark on this game. <laughs> they were not good. <laughs> they were not good. And the the Packers came away with what some consider as the call of the game because troy aikman wouldn't shut the hell up about it like there was a tiny the pass Jersey interference talent, from yes the, the uncalled pass interference when there were way more blatant things happening to the packers that weren't called yeah that troy aikman didn't bring up and so just because troy aikman didn't bring them up people aren't talking about so, them co- the, the refs were bad on both sides is first, my point
0: first of all complaining about Non-pass interference penalties is as dumb as complaining about holding, and that that's number one here. Like we're all Packer fans, we saw Sean Murphy bunting win an NFC Championship game by doing this, and the Packers doing the same thing in the same game and getting called for it. So um, it just is one of those things where if a guy's at the wrong angle, he won't call it. If a guy's at the right angle, he will. uh, Whatever. And to Russell Douglas's credit on that play, um, he was. He was fighting against a stiff-arm push-off from Donovan Peoples-Jones. So that helps disguise any hand fighting that goes on, which was what was happening. And he did something that was really smart that a lot of very good corners do, um, a lot of good physical corners especially, which is he grabbed Jersey, but he grabbed a whole bunch of Jersey, which makes it not stretch out. It makes your hand stick to the skin. And so then you can't see that. And and, uh, that's a... I mean, it might just be random, but that's a good piece of cornerback play. So
1: also, when the wide receiver initiates contact at the top of their route, mm-hmm. DPI will never be called.
0: It will It just won't. Like you can, just, you can say, well, <laughs> well, technically, till the cows come home, but it's yeah. just it, that is just you have decided you want to play physically, and this is the consequences of you deciding you want to play physically.
1: Yeah, people's Jones put a shoulder into yep. him, and he he grabbed jersey with the shoulder into and him, and honestly.
0: I'm glad to see the Packers doing that specifically because when playoff time rolls around, refs swallow their whistles on these kinds of things, and smart teams capitalize on the ability to, um, you know, push and tug and stuff on receivers. That's
1: so. I want to talk about that under right. the guise of of everyone hates analytics nowadays, right? Like well, that's the new thing. Yeah. Like so. So people look at analytics in football the same way that Sabermetrics was talked about 15 years ago in baseball, right? Like, it's mom's basement. You don't play the game on a stat sheet, blah, 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 blah. But do you remember the, the Legion of Boom Seahawks quoted statistics about how many flags are thrown in a game? Sure Do you did. remember that? Yeah. Like And, like, we don't talk about that now. They're like, yeah, refs are only going to throw four flags a game, so we're going to make them throw them early. Throw and, them. and then,
0: like... <laughs> refs don't want like, to... That's, Throw twenty flags in the game, even if they're warranted. Yeah. Like there's this thing that people that gets into to roughs heads. Like okay, I, I I gotta use my flags for the egregious things to keep people in line. But if you push that, it, it, it works for you, and it has in the playoffs. Um, uh, r- just really quick to. T- Put a, a just a point uh, on the Cleveland rushing attack. I I looked up all of the Cleveland rushes in the second half of this game. Normally, when you look at rushing on a play by play basis, you'll see like a, a zero or a negative one, or, you know, in addition to some fives and sixes. The, the, there was no Cleveland rush in the second half that gained fewer than three yards, not a single one like no stuffs, no defeats, nothing. Uh, it was Chubb for three, five, eight, 13 then Dernis Johnson for 8, then Chubb for 15, 3-3, three, three, 12, 8, then Dernis Johnson for 30, then Chubb for 4, 10 and 4. That's how they were running the ball in the second half and decided to still throw a ton of passes and get intercepted.
1: Yeah, interceptions are fun though, aren't they? They are.
0: I love interceptions. I just
1: Do you think do you think Eric Stokes will ever catch an interception? No,
0: his hands are really bad. Um
1: <laughs> Was it Ryan who said, "Oh, that's why the 4-3 guy plays DB." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes. Yes, it was Ryan. Ryan says a lot of stuff like that. All very wise, (laughs) but still. Um, He he is obviously... I mean, Eric Stokes is very good and very fast and agile and just he does not catch well. I, I, I remember back in training camp that they were doing work with him specifically to try and catch the ball and he just looked like he'd never seen a football before. So that's... It's it's okay. Like it's better to get. It's obviously better to get interceptions. But like if you're blanketing a guy, that goes a long way. So it's fine. And he's played really, really well.
1: Sure, but you know, you know the rule. Dropped interception always leads to a touchdown. It does. It does. <laughs> it, it, it's it's really it's. I I I remember looking the statistic up. It was something like sixty five percent and something like seventy five percent scoring. So it's like, like, but the the drop Stokes interception. I think. Led to either a punt or a uh, interception later on in the drive. I think it was. Inter- like I
0: think it was a pick later. And we should point out yeah, by the was, way before we get was, co- it, was it was the Rasul yeah. one before we get corrected by jerks. He does have an interception on the air, so um, <laughs> it, it did happen one time. So just just putting that out there. We know we're aware. Um, yeah. Uh, by the way, do you know who's second on the team in interceptions? I
1: know you know who's first, so. Um, Darnell Savage. Nope. Uh, um. Okay, I give up. It's Chandon, Chandon Sullivan. Yes. Yeah, because he's been gifted a couple. He's he got has, a couple He has three interceptions on the season. So, um, so okay. Ch- Chandon picked the wild Baker pass, right? Yes, he
0: did. It was a garbage okay. pass.
1: Did you Did you see the all twenty two on it? I did not see the all twenty two on it. Baker's plant foot slipped. Oh, okay. <laughs> the turf. turf, the got turf him, huh? monster. The turf monster made him throw a wild pass.
0: Uh poor Baker. <laughs> I like I actually feel kind of bad about that. It's not even on him like, really. It,
1: like it looked like he was being tackled while he was throwing, like his leg just goes out from under. <laughs> Oops. Sucks ah, to suck. It does. It sucks maybe, to you should, suck. maybe you should run the ball. <laughs>
0: uh, all right. I I, I also okay. before we so before we move off the Browns, like just I, I do want to put it was it's a weird game. The Packers are now five and two in one score games this season, which um is I think getting to the point where it's kind of a lot. And um, uh, on this one especially, that first missed extra point was so huge <laughs> because it also forced the missed two-point conversion, which is the reason the Browns lost the game. <laughs> so, um, like, there was a lot that went right for the Packers that were re- very right, ra- like a foot slipping and getting an interception from Chandon on it and, um, you know, a lot of other interceptions and calls and whatnot. Um, but, like, just having a missed extra point and then having that happen is something that does not happen to the Packers at all. Um, and uh, we should also mention, pretty good special teams game, all in all. No no huge screw-ups, no huge returns, no, no nothing that sticks in your head or craw. Everybody did their stuff right. So, good. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm happy. That was something. I'll take that. Uh, and, uh, last thing, though. The Packers rushing EPA in this game. By the way, yeah, Matt... Do you think the Packers rushed well in this game? Would you say they rushed well, medium, bad? Um,
1: I would say that they rushed adequately.
0: Adequately is fine. I would say adequately. Adequate. I I would say they rushed adequately. It would have been nice if they would have done a little better in the second half to grind more clock, but that's a tough situation when the other team knows you're rushing, and usually it doesn't work out that well for you. Uh, The rushing EPA for the Packers in this game was higher than the passing EPA for the Packers in this game.
1: Um, I feel like that changes if Devonte catches his two passes.
0: It does, and um, EPA does not account for drops like PFF grading does and other things do. Um, you are 100% right about that. Aaron made throws that would have pushed them over the rush EPA. Um, but still a little distressing that that happened. So, uh, Cleveland does have a not statistically good defense, but good defensive players and you know they made adjustments well. I wonder if they maybe should adjust more in the first half too. I don't know. I don't know. Any closing thoughts on the Browns?
1: Um, Browns, gonna Browns.
0: We, you know, <laughs> we should do one more thing here. Actually, uh, we should talk about Yosh and the offensive yeah, line. Yosh, okay.
1: Oh, okay, so I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to give him more credit than he deserves. He did well enough. However, there were some design plays where the the play was over at one point seven seconds which is about the exact amount of time it takes for Miles Garrett to travel 10 yards? Sure is. Um and there were times when Aaron Rodgers got the ball out at 1.6 seconds and still got hit. So <laughs> there there were times when Yash had his lunch eaten. Yep. And and was uh not literally figuratively handed his own ass. Yes. Um but Rodgers got the ball out. So I don't know. Maybe this is maybe this is an instance of like 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 when Roger's calf was bad and he had to play out of pistol and like the timing passing came back. Maybe this is an example of like like if I don't get the ball out, I'm gonna die. <laughs> maybe it was. <laughs> so he didn't have to play hero ball.
0: Yeah, um, that makes sense. But aside from that, while he did get his lunch eaten by Miles Garrett a few times, he was pretty good and he's been pretty good for a while. And uh, this is a good defensive line that they were up against with good edge rushers, good linebackers. And uh, again, the the Packers pulled a miracle in playing outstanding uh, on the offensive line with just not much there. Um, So it's a theme. I know we do it every week. But I do want to call out Yosha, especially, who had a tough assignment and and just did really, really well in defending it. Um, (laughs) So... Um. Uh, again, offensive line did great. Generally speaking, Aaron was basically never pressured. Um. It, they're still a little weak in the run game. They could do a little bit better there. Hopefully, uh, in by the time the playoffs roll around and it's ten degrees in Lambo, they'll be better at it. But uh, you know, well, we're going to find out this week, are not we? <laughs> I before I was counting on getting Bakhtiari back, and I'm not sure that's going to happen anymore. It's just taken a long time, and we're getting to the end of the season. But the other thing that's happened with the offensive line is that. Whenever somebody new comes in, they do improve week to week. Like Royce Newman, who has gotten consistently better.
1: Yeah, he still can't handle a stunt though. He's like... handled stunts better
0: lately. He he got he got he <laughs> I, I know the one you're gonna say in this game because I saw it too. It was like the third play of the game. He got destroyed on a stunt. I was like, Oh darn, there's yeah, Royce again. So okay.
1: Where he was a dumpster fire, he is now a smoldering dumpster.
0: Sure, fine. But he's gotten better. <laughs> like... And that they, they do they do improve on the offensive line as time goes on. So when playoffs roll around, it's not great. Like, I'd rather have the full offensive line, which they don't have any of. Um, but with time, with the makeshift offensive line, they might get whipped into shape in time. And that's something to be positive about. This was a good defensive line that we're going against, and they did fine against it. So um, happy about that. All right. Should we... Anything else on the Browns, Matt? no
1: sorry i i have to stay muted my son is losing his (laughs) mind
0: yes if you hear any weird cutouts it's because uh matt is crib training his son
1: tonight and we are attempting to ferberize which i asked my wife if she could hold off for half an hour apparently that's not happening
0: (laughs) well that's okay kids are cute in the background even when they're screaming yeah
1: sure thing so john madden
0: (laughs) So we mentioned a lot at the top of the podcast. John Madden passed yeah. away. Um, RIP to John Madden, who was... Um, uh, I think there's sort of three segments to cover John Madden. In. Uh, he is a, an all-time great NFL coach. Um, he is an all-time great NFL announcer. And he is the face of not only one of the, the greatest sports franchises in the history of video games, but in of, of any franchise in the history of video games. Um, so he has his hand in, th- in three different places where he is just frankly outstanding, and um, I think that alone puts him in consideration for one of the most important football people ever. But um, I don't know, Matt, what, what should we, should we rank? What, I mean, I, I chronological? can't. I can't I, well,
1: I literally can't think of someone who would be more influential or important as an ambassador to the sport than John Madden. Yeah, like like there there are people that grew up. Um, I mean so Madden Madden stopped uh announcing in 2008 I that think right? I
0: think that's right. Um, I'll try and pull it um, up but I, I believe that's correct.
1: Madden's Madden's last game was the Cardinals Steelers Super Bowl. So that would be 2000 2008 season.
0: I think that's 2008. Yeah. Dry- no, 2009
1: cuz that's cuz that's the that's the um the face mask game, right? That or the, like the the Packers Packers Cardinals face mask game. Uh, or was it the I, Santana Moss catch? I'm, mis- th- I'm mixing up Super bowl I
0: believe his last season is the 2008 season.
1: Um, okay, so, so his, I believe his last game was the, the Santana Moss catch game. Um, so there are now people who uh, were children at the time when Madden retired that are currently playing in the league, yeah. that grew up playing Madden, maybe not necessarily know, not knowing who John Madden, the announcer, was but his name is ubiquitous there. I just, there's my $5 word of the day. <laughs> like, like, like like Madden is football. They are, they are synonyms. Like, I don't think that you're going to find something. Oh my God. I'm sorry. My son is it's all right. distracting. <laughs> this is, this is big. He sounds like he's being stabbed. Um, so Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. Madden is, uh, you know what, you go. I need to mute for a That's second. Five.
0: <laughs> His last game was uh, the Super Bowl between the Cardinals and Seals. You're right. So uh, I think of Madden mostly as an announcer. Uh, like he, he had been finished with coaching by the time I was a kid. Um, but he and Summerall did Monday Night Football for a long time and just were a fixture on Fox for a long time, um, the whole time while I was watching football. And um, I think he is both the archetype for a lot of people um, now, but, but more than that, I think he should be. Um, most announcers now are either joyless or, um, I don't know, kind of overly analytical. Uh, so I will say, going into this, I, I think the closest you kind of get to him now is sort of Tony Romo because of his enthusiasm. Um,
1: yeah, Romo's a good comparison. I yeah. mean, we, we can't say his name anymore, but John Gruden was the closest That's, you had to Madden on Monday night. It's hard to think of him like that, but you're probably right. But so, because because Gruden, Gruden did the same thing that Madden did, where he gave you this like PhD-level yeah. understanding of the game, but made it approachable. That's exactly like, like, People want to crap on Spider 2Y Banana and all the talk about that, <laughs> but like, how many people learned offensive scheme from listening to him talk about, yeah, it.
0: Um, that is very, very true. Uh, the other thing I'll say is Madden was just a little goofier than those guys, and th- th- that's the, absolutely th- the crazy thing about him is he was a football genius and could uh, his his big talent was explaining c- pretty complex things in just dunderheaded ways that anybody could understand and actually laugh at. Um, and even th- the the crazy thing about the Madden Summerall combination is that. Well, often your color guy will be there to add entertainment to the thing, and they were reverse. Um, Madden was definitely the smarter football personality between the two of them, and Summerall was just just a straight man for the most part. Um, not that Summerall was dumb about football; I mean, certainly not. But uh, usually that is sort of a reversed thing, and the two of them played off so well because of that. You got a lot of the information in sort of the the goofball. Antics of Madden, with some are all just there to sort of drive home, like, hey, hey, pay attention to this. It's happening right now. And then Madden tell you what's happening in an entertaining way. It's like, and it happened again. And here we go. And it, like, that's not a. It's very unusual for football broadcasting. That's not the dynamic that you usually get. Um, and uh, I don't think they we'll ever necessarily see it again because people who understand the game get gets cast as. The nerd, the straight guy—I um, <laughs> can tell Matt's child is screaming very loudly right now. Um, <laughs> by by the people putting it on, um, and usually the summer all car- the the Madden character is just some doofus who is there for entertainment value, who doesn't know necessarily what they're talking about. So um, it's it, it's un- I, re- I recommend you go listen to Madden and uh, watch. Okay, there's.
1: Character. There's a a slight break in the cadence. Um, (laughs) The Madden game that you need to watch is Cowboys Colts. It's called like it is referred to as the Larry Allen game. If you want to learn what made John Madden special in one condensed game, go watch Madden called the Larry Allen game because more people learned about offensive line play in an hour than probably the next 10 years. Mm hmm. Because Madden loved line play because he was a lineman. He
0: did. And there, was all, there were lots of little line stuff that happened a lot. I, I remember a specific... Um, it was definitely a Thanksgiving game involving the Vikings, probably the Lions. And I remember Madden doing this. The Vikings offensive linemen were too far apart for like the whole game. And he kept pointing it out, like, uh, they're too far apart, they're going to get driven apart on running plays all game, and Barry Sanders had, like, 200-something yards in that game. Uh, but it was weird, and once you saw it, it, like, no other announcer would have pointed it out. I, I look for it now, and it happens once in a while, but, like, it was, I, have you ever seen an announcer point out that the linemen are standing too far apart? I mean, it probably doesn't happen in football very much, but... Um, he kept harping on it, like and like was almost incensed by it. Like, uh, how do they not realize they're getting gashed on the run because their linemen aren't a position properly and like wanted like almost wanted to get a guy fired for coaching them badly so
1: right well madden had this like very approachable aspect to him but what people don't realize is that he was so lombardi-esque in his demanding of greatness i think the famous john madden quote is like the only thing i ask is you play like hell for me yeah i think that's the, the quote i think that's right and so yeah he wanted he wanted execution and he wanted effort and things like linemen not standing close enough together is a lack of of execution
0: <laughs> all all too true so um, uh, he was a coach long before Matt and I were uh, football fans slash alive um, and we should mention too like he doesn't often get mentioned with the greats. Um, it's never you don't really hear Lombardi and John Mann too much, but he probably should. And part of the reason is he didn't coach that long. He went into broadcasting for a lot of his sort of older prime. Um, but when he coached, he was simply outstanding. He had winning records um, every single year of his coaching career. He never had a losing season. He won a Super Bowl and probably. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to say probably should have won more. So that that sounds loaded, but. John Madden was on the other side of the Immaculate Reception, uh, which you know the Immaculate Reception gets mentioned a lot in Franco Harris and Terry Bradshaw and the Steelers, but the Raiders are the team that lost that game, and you know that's a freak play. That is a David Tyree catching a ball on his helmet on a Hail Mary level play. And honestly, the Raiders should have won that game. They were winning in that game 7-6. to six. If that play doesn't happen, the game ends, and they do win that game. Um, and so Madden probably should have another Super Bowl, or at least appearance, that he does not have. Um, and they were just an outstanding, unbeatable team, uh, essentially for his whole career. Um, he also spanned... Sort of the old football to the new football. He started coaching in 1969 when they went 12 and one in his first year. In the year Vince Lombardi retired from football, they they coached at the same time through 1978. And I would have liked to have seen John Madden get into the 80s a little bit, but <laughs> but uh, he was extremely dominant and only I think underscored uh, undercut because the Steelers were so dominant as well in the late 70s. Otherwise, you'd
1: hear his name a lot more that <laughs> this I, is this is ridiculous so um yeah madden was an all-time great coach and if if you watch the all madden documentary that that like aired two days before his passing which is some real serendipitous shit yep um and it's re-airing like every 10 minutes on fox sports one um his his wife like did not like living the coach's wife life. And I think that that had something to do with him leaving coaching as quickly as he did. Um, He also, he said that his passion was always teaching that he wanted to teach more than he wanted to coach. And I think that he saw the opportunity in, um, he saw the opportunity in uh, being a broadcaster. Uh, There's a very famous Albert Einstein quote, which is, um, uh, what's it's if you can't explain something simply, you don't know enough about it. And so you <laughs> had, you had this guy with this PhD understanding of the game, and also I mean like him coming up with the idea of the uh, uh, what's the name of the tele, telewriter? Telewriter? teleprompter the, no 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 the oh, the, oh, like uh, the, the telestrator telestrator yeah. yeah telestrator I mean that's that's his that's all him yeah <laughs> like, it is all him
0: and it's genius
1: absolutely uh, <laughs> and the so the madden brought all these things to the to the booth that didn't exist before and i mean that's not even to talk about like like i talk about madden all the time madden is a is a husk of what it once was yeah, that's up until true. up until the death of 2k when the when the ea monopoly started so up until 2005, Madden was a phenomenal way to learn football.
0: It's now time for the pro capitalism part of the pod- podcast. You, you do it once in a while. <laughs>
1: I'm. No, I don't know. I'm. I'm anti-capitalism. I'm. I am pro legislation. There should be antitrust suits against EA for having the NFL license and ruining it.
0: Well, there should, but which, that, that's pro-capitalism. There's supposed to be rules in capitalism against colluding. <laughs> that and that's what we have.
1: Thomas here. Jefferson said, "If men were angels, no government would be necessary." That's right. <laughs> but so it, there is actually a. Uh, a clause in the EA exclusivity contract that they can't damage the shield or like whatever the hell the the language is. Um, However, Madden Ultimate Team in the last two years has made half a billion dollars. I'm not exaggerating. (laughs) Those are are real financial numbers. $500 million in microtransactions off of Ultimate Team. That includes FIFA, and FIFA is also very big, but still like EA microtransactions is, is their most profitable thing. It is. So it's not going away. But if you pick up an old Madden, if you go back to 2005, which you should, and you, and you play Madden in school <laughs> and you learn how to read coverages as a quarterback and you learn how to adjust your coverage in a defense, like, like things that, that teach you how to be a fan of the game just by playing it. It's, it's, and, and, and you, that's what Madden wanted his game to be. Yeah, He didn't, he didn't want it to be this microtransaction thing. Like the concept of Madden ultimate team is awesome. If if I go out and I told someone 20 years ago that there's going to be a football game where you get to go out and use trading cards to build the team of all your favorite players and then you play football with those players, people would think that's the coolest thing ever. Like like Amon Green is my running back and Brett Favre is my quarterback and and I have Andre Ryzen in the slot and I, I have uh Peak JerMichael Finley as my tight end like it, like. Packer fans would be very excited about yeah, that. Yeah. The problem is, is all the awful things that, <laughs> that go along with it. Uh, Madden did not want it to become that. He wanted it to be a tool to learn the game, to learn scheme, to understand the critical thinking that goes on. Yes, football is an incredibly violent sport, and there's no way around that. However, it is the world's most violent game of chess. It is. It's it, And that's that's what Coach wanted, not...
0: Yes, he wanted the best simulation that there could be. And um, for a long time, Madden players treated it like that, and still do, but but pushed a lot of NFL strategy to the breaking point and proved a lot of things that, like, a- s- analytics and sabermetrics can take credit for whatever the hell they want, but fundamentally, um, passing a lot comes from Madden more than it comes from any analytics person. And... Um, clock management strategy comes from madden more than it comes from any analytics person any madden person could have told you that those were smart things to do decades in advance of it becoming analytics orthodoxy in the nfl that is simply true
1: Um, so like something that always comes up when when this gets brought up calling timeouts before the two minute yes yes (laughs) that was that was a thing in madden long before it was a thing in the nfl
0: yeah anything involving like little strategy um exploits like that and figuring out what's what's the best uh when you could just be thinking about clock management um that is that's all madden stuff so um and uh, honestly a lot of analytics people have been inspired by madden to put math to that Because you can't just trust the video game to be correct about it. Let's, you know, but it's all proven to be true, and it should be because the way a lot of analytics works, by the way, is just people running Monte Carlo simulations on things. So just ten thousand simulations.
1: That's all, Madden. Oh my God! You had to, you had to say the six sigma word. (laughs) Which one? You said Monte Carlo.
0: Okay, but that's an analytics so, thing that got into Six Sigma, not the not the other way around. Yeah.
1: So. Okay, so for those not in the know, for the people who aren't Savior metrics, or for some reason don't understand black belt speak, <laughs> um, Monte Carlos were a big part of my life. Um, I worked for a major appliance manufacturer in cycle development, and we would take these cycle level settings. And run simulated wash loads, and then judge performance based on. There's this thing called Aham. It's American, something of appliance manufacturers. Um, so you do Aham testing, and then we would run Monte Carlos based on our level settings and our DOEs. And oh my God, I'm so triggered by you bringing.
0: <laughs> Sorry, man, but I mean that's how a lot of this works. Is you run 10,000 simulations to figure out what's going to happen.
1: Uh, it's the worst. Monte Carlos are awful. Uh ah, I'm sure I'm sure Monte Carlo's and baseball are fun. They are fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, oh and my one baseball thing of the week. Today I learned about a 64-year-old pitcher who com- pitched a complete game.
0: You learned more than uh, I did then. I don't know it, what that his, is. His his
1: last name was like like Neiker uh, was for the Blue was, Jays.
0: It, was it a Necro?
1: <laughs> Necro, Nicro. Yeah, that guy. <laughs>
0: Do you remember which one it was?
1: <laughs> um, it was a it was a dude with with white hair.
0: Do you know Do you know about the Necro's, Matt?
1: No, uh, no but I know it, it was the guy who threw knuckleballs. Yes, there, does, it, does that narrow it down, or are they, did they all throw
0: knuckleballs? So the, there there are two Negro brothers. Phil Negro was the best one, and I, I actually have forgotten his brother's name, but I think it's John. But I'm going to Google it, and maybe look stupid. <laughs>
1: But yeah, so I think it was Phil. He he threw Phil, a whole Phil's, game. Phil's
0: the good one, and
1: yeah, so he he threw a whole game. It was his three hundred and eighteen. Joe Joe like Niekro, not John. God, I'm so stupid. Um, I'm not in baseball mode right now. <laughs> Got you off guard, didn't I? When Jr. isn't here, I talk about sports that he likes. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Um, jo- he he would, a,
0: Jr. would be incensed. I couldn't remember Joe negro's name too. So,
1: so he he threw a whole game at the age of sixty four, so, which is insane.
0: It is insane. However, knuckleballers are. Bizarre creatures, uh, by the way, they're like two of the best brothers. Whenever you have a sports brothers question, the Necro's are likely the answer because they are, generally speaking, the best duo of professional athletes to be brothers. What about the,
1: the, the McCordys?
0: The what, what what was that?
1: The McCordys. The, the, uh, the twins for the Patriots.
0: They're not as good as a couple of baseball ones.
1: Oh, okay. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> They're very good. That's okay. <laughs> That's
0: fine. Well, when it's family, it's usually the Griffies in baseball, and when it's brothers, it's usually the
1: Necros in baseball. Okay. Um, and- um, or you you can look at the 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 Joneses. Um, <laughs> yeah. the Bones Jones, the MMA disgraced MMA fighter. His brother was <laughs> in the NFL. All right.
0: Well. The thing about knuckleballers is they don't have to throw hard. Knuckleballs are weird. They work best when they're not thrown as hard as you can, so it doesn't tax the arm as much. It's just really hard. It's just it's a very difficult skill to learn. So they both learned it, and uh, they could pitch forever. And uh, one thing I think every baseball team should have a knuckleballer because they can always go they can always go in to fill time every single time. And uh, it also just throws you off. Like hitting a knuckleball is just pain. Um, uh,
1: so this guy I was reading about his pitches. It was. One batter described it as uh, tracking a butterfly with hiccups. That's
0: that's what that is what knuckleballs are.
1: So. <laughs>
0: uh, and by the way, when I'm sitting around um, doing nothing, all I do is practice knuckleball grips and whip them at walls. So it uh, that's not actually well, that's not, that's close, yeah. Um, right, isn't
1: that like so? Knuckleball—it's like a bear claw. So and then you push it, so push you, it with your fingers.
0: Y- yes, but you actually nobody can see this right now. But we're making. Knuck, we're, we're, <laughs> that's, why just, said, that's why I said that's like a bear claw. I'm describing. We're making knuckleball grips on our cameras. <laughs> you actually hold it with your fingertips most of the time behind the seams, uh, and yeah. not with your actual knuckles. Oh, some guys apparently used to. Yeah, not like no, no tips, no.
1: That's like, yeah, like so like like uh, who's Ari Dickey? Where the hell is my um, baseball? He, uh, okay, whatever. R- R- yes, Ari R- 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 yes, Dickey, Dickey is also a knuckleballer. He used to keep a, a nail file because one game he was throwing amazingly and then he like chipped a nail yeah. and it screwed screwed up his grip and yep. then like he was throwing watermelons.
0: Hi, everybody. I'm back from my internet sucking for no good reason.
1: You know, you know what it was? It was because we were talking about baseball. The internet, the internet decided got to cut bored. us off.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would explain a lot about what happens during the baseball podcast too. So, <laughs> <laughs> You may have something there. All right. Um, internet's back. Shall we talk about the Vikings briefly? Yeah, let's talk about the Vikings. Our last threat, because um, it's the Lions after that, so it's like, bye. So this is it. This is this is number one cedar bust here.
1: So I have a theory. Okay. Uh, I've had a theory for many years that uh, Kirk Cousins is actually a pod person. Yep. Um, and pod people are not susceptible to coronavirus.
0: Makes a lot of sense, because <laughs> if he doesn't have it before the game, it will be kind of a miracle.
1: Yeah, um, I believe uh, in in my description. I got I gotta find my exact description, but one of the things I said as evidence was that I think JR and I
0: quoted you on this last week about Aaron, which is it's it's like someone who read a book about being human.
1: Yeah, and, and Aaron is Aaron is a sociopath who who read books on how to have emotions. <laughs> um, but <laughs> Kirk Cousins, okay, here we go. So here's something I said in 2018. Jeez. Kirk Cousins is a pod person who studies the human condition through books and articles. During his pursuit of knowledge, he came across an article from the 80s about a good briefcase (laughs) and the one a couple years ago about the Packers playing settlers. He smiles like it hurts him.
0: (laughs) He really does smile like it hurts him.
1: (laughs) So there we go. I like your theory. Uh,
0: I I think there's also just a, a lot of there's this sect of Minnesota athletes that end up living in the north in, as hermits in cabins and i think he might be one of them if he ends up living next to brock lesnar i won't be that surprised
1: i dude i'm telling you um i know some people that knew him in college kirk cousins dude, or brock lesnar kirk cousins <laughs> okay um um uh, msu remember i'm from Michigan, oh, yeah, i don't yeah, have yeah. any i forget about I that sometimes i don't have any gopher friends you're a youper yeah <laughs> yeah uh i spent a lot of time in east lansing and i'm i'm about the same age as Kirk Cousins, so we. We rubbed okay. elbows with some of the same people. Um, cousins would tear it up in East Lansing, and rumor has it that even though he is a family man, it is still going on in the oh, Twin Cities.
0: Well, that's not quite libel, so, so I'll leave it in. But yeah, let's not say anything else.
1: I said rumor has it. Mm-hmm. Rumor has it that he's he's a man about town, um, <laughs> which further <laughs> oh goodness <laughs> impresses me that he has not caught it.
0: Yeah, and just for people, Aaron Rodgers is a, a coward about COVID. He is embarrassed about the fact that he hasn't been vaccinated and uh, only is talking about it now because some people like it, people in his circles, and he gets asked about it and it makes him feel big about himself. Um, but, you know, he tried to hide it with his little weasel words for a while. Kirk Cousins has been proudly unvaccinated this whole time and is just a straight up redneck. So um, that's what we're dealing with this week. Should, should be a good time.
1: Oh man. Well, uh Dalvin is back from the COVID list. Speaking of the Vikings terif- only hope. Yeah. Hey, I'm terrified. Uh Phelan just got shut down for the year. But, um,
0: which is good, but um if the Vikings are gonna win the way the Vikings beat the Packers is usually Dalvin goes crazy. And uh uh Dalvin with a week of rest is just awful. I, I mean good for the Vikings, but awful for us. Because yeah. <laughs> Delvin, so, so, Delvin's awesome. But
1: what if it's what if it's the uh what if it's the '99 Super Bowl or the '98 Super Bowl, whatever the hell the the Broncos and the, uh, Falcons? Okay, where the Fal- Falcons were so set on stopping Terrell Davis, the Elway went off. Uh, that so would what, be what if,
0: a disaster. But there's no Thielen, so it worries me a little bit less.
1: Justin Jefferson blows the doors off at Thielen. Well,
0: he Justin Jefferson is much Jeff. Justin Jefferson's the best receiver in football. Um, if you want to argue, it's Devonte Fine. But Justin Jefferson is in his second year and uh his numbers are super duper good. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's fine, but it helps him a lot to have Adam Thielen there to to take at least a little bit of coverage off of him. So sure.
1: That's, yeah, i just that's I'm worried. All to, I'm saying. Also, the Packers have three outside linebackers currently on the roster. Three. Yep. They only have that's three. it. That's all. Um they signed a former basketball player to the practice squad today. They
0: sure did. That was a fun little uh, five minutes. What's of- his name? Uh, Aaron Ed-
1: I, I, Adion?
0: I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Aaron Adian sounds good. Let's go with that. Okay.
1: So uh, because the Packers always post the video of the people coming out, going to practice. Yep. And I tweeted the video and I went, who the hell is 35? Like he's not, he's not on the roster. He's not showing up in the transaction. Right. Because, because last week, there was a thirty-five on the roster. It was the running back who got signed by the Jags. Yep. But there'd been no transaction since. Um, turns out it was this guy. So he practiced with them today. Um, he's 6'6", 250, Has no raz because he didn't play college football. Um, <laughs> played for the played for the Ravens for for one game. I
0: like stealing Ravens. I will say that stealing Ravens so, is a good idea. <laughs>
1: stealing Ravens sounds like a dad rock band. <laughs>
0: it does. It's a, it cr- maybe a movie later with a dad rock band crossing over by also stealing actual Ravens from the football team
1: there um, you go um, uh, but yeah so so the Packers have no uh, outside linebacker depth at all nope um, Kiki I believe is still dealing with his personal situation Kenny Clark would not snitch on him today
0: are we uh, he would not that was good of Kenny Clark actually are we on the same page on Sedarius you and I
1: He's not coming back.
0: He doesn't want to play, right? That's
1: that's that's gotta be it. Yeah. Like his like the like like the doctor gave him a bachotomy and yep. then the, the, the stuff with the like okay, so the timeline of Darius is weird because um he finds <laughs> yeah. out he's not a captain, then does his his commissioning of the captain's chain, then gets his back surgery when he could have had it done in the off season to purposely put himself out longer. Yep. And according to a uh, back pain expert, Ryan, in APC, who has broken every single thing in his back, said that at worst, Z- Zedaria should have been out for eight weeks and then be brought back in over the course of four. Correct. We are well past that. Yes. So, so, yeah, Zadarius just doesn't want to
0: play. Zadarius is not interested in this season. That's what's going on there. And uh, honestly, all coverage around Zadarius has been essentially that. Like, we don't get updates. We don't hear updates. Um, it, everything is vague. The, he just, he's not interested.
1: Uh, today on his Instagram story, I believe he posted, like, him jogging at practice or something. Yeah. Like, just just cryptic. It's like, it's like the last season of Lost. It sucks, and people are only following it because they've been following it for years. Yeah. <laughs> It would be nice for depth though. He would be great. He would be a huge asset. Zadarius so actually knows how to set the edge against he, the run. He's
0: dumb because he could be a hero. That's the dumb thing here.
1: <laughs> have you have you heard my, my Preston Smith parallel?
0: Uh nope, have not.
1: Okay, so in the past, the Packers had a edge rusher who did three and a half sacks one year, <laughs> and then in the and then in the final year of his contract got eleven. Um, the Packers currently have an edge rusher who last yeah, year got yeah. four sacks yeah. and is on pace for, I believe, thirteen sacks this year.
0: I have a guess. Go ahead and guess. I think that the old is Nick Barnett,
1: Nick Perry, Nick
0: Perry. Oh shoot, wrong Nick. My bad. That was wrong sick. Nick.
1: But I'm assuming you were thinking Edge Nick. So yes, I, I was I thinking blame. Edge Nick. Yes. Yeah. So it, it, it was the club year. Yep. His his playing with a club hand. Um. So I totally don't think Preston is a Packer next year. Uh, I don't um, I think. He, he, I think he's playing his way out of town.
0: Preston's a mercenary, so you are one hundred percent correct. Uh, but um, so I was really quick. Uh, we're going to do the Devin show part real quick here because um, <laughs> I was. Justin Jefferson is second in DYAR, which is sort of what you want your counting stat guy to be good at. Cooper Cup's first; he's been first all year. He's five hundred thirteen. It's like a historically great season for him as a receiver. Jefferson is second. Devontae's third, uh, and Devontae's actually made good progress on. Justin Jefferson, he's only 19 are behind him. And he's actually, uh, J- Jefferson is 7th in DVOA and Devontae is 8th. And so if, if this this is like kind of the Devontae-Jefferson bowl to some extent for both of those metrics. But really quick, again, this is the Devin and do part. And I'm not going to have you guess long because you have zero chance of guessing it. Do you know who's first in DVOA right now? And again, you'll uh, never guess it unless you looked it, recently. Wide receivers? yes. Um, you'll never guess it in a million years it has nothing to do with NF- this game at all it's an AFC, player AFC, AFC player AFC player, AFC player. it's um, a receiver who i never think of ever and who I know to be kind of okay but not great and, and again you'll never guess it in a million years so you get three seconds and that I'm gonna tell Marquise you Brown I'd like the guess but not close <laughs> I'm
1: it, thinking Ken- someone who's actually kind of bad
0: like so Kendrick Bourne of the New England Patriots
1: I don't even know who that is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he is number one in DVOA. So he, he he spent all of it. He was a forty nine er for the last four years and kind of good um, off and on, like like a pretty good efficiency guy. And he hasn't gotten a he he has not gotten a ton more targets in in New England, but they've been more efficient targets. He averages fourteen point nine yards per reception and catches eighty percent of his passes. And uh, wow. he's eleventh in DYAR, even though he's not targeted that much. So just. Um, one a guy to keep an eye on that D V O uh, with receivers, DVOA is a guy to keep an eye on, and DYAR right, is guys who are good. So just, DVOA loves
1: efficiency, and so if a guy's not catching a lot of targets, right. but is almost top ten in a volume stat, then that's yeah,
0: like that's why it's a guy to keep an eye on, and DYAR yeah. is a guy who is good. So just just want to put that out there that Kendrick Bourne is super good this year, and just it's worth noting he's actually been pretty efficient in the past too yeah okay, well, let's finish the Vikings because we have a million questions to do, and we're already in an hour, and I want to go to bed so
1: um who <laughs> wants to go to bed my son <laughs>
0: he does so the viking the Vikings are actually a little scary they are one of those teams. the packers are playing a little above their heads this year by uh, by metrics that comes at the cost. The cost is the Vikings who are playing below their heads to a large extent they should be a little better than they are um and they have already jumped up and bitten the packers once this year when nothing went right for green bay and they got no interceptions on five shitty kirk throws um and with cook back and possibly at full strength this one's a little scary so uh, do you have any worries about this especially with the covid factor kind of showing up late here
1: yeah man i'm i'm petrified yeah it's gonna be and it's gonna be cold as hell yeah I'm,
0: underscore by the way i'm worried about the toe and cold weather uh, I think. Uh, why? I don't like any injury to old men in cold weather, um, and uh, especially like a nagging injury. And, and like, okay, so so you live in Colorado? Uh, it's cold as shit there. You lived in the, the Upper Peninsula? It's cold as shit there. Yeah, your feet are the first things to go cold. Like, right,
1: but so so here is why that's a good thing. Oh, because it will um,
0: block out the pain because it's frozen. Sol- okay, Packers are the only <laughs>
1: team in the NFL to officially ban toradol. Um, the magic anti-inflammatory that cures all um, is not used by the Packers medical staff. AJ Hawk has brought this up on the Pat McAfee show a couple times. And, you know, like the the Packers have been famously conservative in bringing players back from injury. Um, So because of that, when Aaron talks about getting injections in his foot, the only other big option there would be an anesthetic. Um, And, Local anesthetics wear off fairly quickly. Yeah, they do. And so when when Rogers talks about like getting his foot worked on, he is either one taking a massive amount of painkillers or two, getting anesthesia shot into his foot. So I'm fine with cold weather because that's just going to prolong okay. the anesthetic response. Fair enough. Um also perked up Rogers, as we all know, is the GOAT. The best Rogers, like, yes. That's like like the the, the Money game is like <laughs> Money. Money. <laughs> the best part about that is he picked up a southern accent for no reason. You know what? Maybe Brett Favre picked up his southern accent from his Vicodin use. You don't know. <laughs> Entirely bust.
0: Aaron Rodgers basically the Doc Ellis of football, so that makes sense.
1: <laughs> okay, I know that reference. Aha. Doc Ellis. Doc Ellis threw a no-hitter on LSD. He did.
0: Now let's move on before the computer craps out again from baseball references. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, Vikings, well, I, I will do the mini-pod. We'll get more in-depth on the Vikings. But, you know, the Vikings are scary. They win once in a while. They're uh, the most competent team in the NFC North. It's not the Packers. But let's do okay, questions because sure, we're super well, long and we have a zillion While questions. you're looking
1: at questions, I am looking up the money line. <laughs> uh what uh, I always look up the money line. It's like a big thing. Um, Packers by six and a half. What? Yeah. I take the Vikings to cover.
0: I like the Vikings to cover at six and a half too. That, that game is not a blowout that often, and with Alvin Over-run Cookers, it's going to uh, be like 47. a it's going to be a grind out. Like it's not going to be high scoring. Both teams are going to go slow and methodical. And um, it's a night yeah. game. It's going to be cold. It's going to be what? Like oh, I, you're pulling up the spread. I'm going to pull up the weather. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I've, I've got the spread. Odd, Odd Shark is my go-to for the spread. Um, they do like computer predictions.
0: Sunday in Green like, Bay is going to be cold as shit. Um,
1: yeah, it's going to be single digits. Right? Yeah, but
0: it's going to be like two by the time that game kicks off. It,
1: there's a there's a very famous Ron White quote where he was touring. I think it was in Wisconsin, and he was taking his dog out of his tour bus to go to the bathroom and his his wife was with him and she goes what's the temperature out there and he looked at the thermometer and it said zero f and he goes there isn't one <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway um I, um, but right now 74 percent of the money is going to the packers okay. at six and a half i don't like that i don't I like
0: don't. that I, I like the vikings to cover that for sure so yep all right let's do patreon uh do you want, do you want to read or respond
1: I, I will read. I'll, I'll be JR. All right, you You'll be junior <clears throat> I'm going to put on I'm gonna, I'm going to put on my announcer voice. Again,
0: um, you get question priority if you are a Patreon subscriber at the $5 ball and glove level at patreon.com/mke tailgate. And so if you want your voice heard here like my brother does, you can just give us <laughs> some money and then
1: you will be guaranteed to have your voice heard. <laughs> Shout outs to Danny for paying money just to bother you. <laughs> <laughs> yes it's it's so petty it's good time. okay uh mark podscarby that's a good name
0: it's good it's it always it's a very pirate name which i appreciate it's, about it <laughs> hey
1: do you know a pirate's favorite letter r <laughs> r it'd be the c
0: <laughs> oh damn it anyway that's <laughs> a, a great dad joke fantastic dad no, thank joke. You. thank you i really like that one okay. yeah. <laughs> Ask, <laughs>
1: Asking Paul's own Twitter question back at you guys: Would you rather be tenth in DVOA with a first round buy, or first in DVOA as a wild card team? Oh. I'd rather be first. I'd rather be first in DVOA as a wild card team. Yep. Uh,
0: so I asked this question that I was, I got kind of yelled at for it, and I agree with Matt. So here, if you get the buy, you know you miss a game, so that immediately eliminates a chance at a loss. But like. Tenth and DVOA teams don't win the Super Bowl, and uh, I had a lot of people say like, "Oh, with the new rules, it's especially important to have the bye. I don't think that's true. Like, there's not a new, there's not another round. Like, it doesn't. There's nothing fundamentally changed other than that it's not another team with a buy. That's the only difference is there's not another team with a buy. So, yep. um, this this might sound stupid. Uh, first of all, anybody who yells at me, I understand that not having to play a game is a significant difference from having to play in the wildcard game. I do get that. But um, teams that are the highest DVOA-ranked team do much better than teams that are a double-digit DVOA team with a buy for the DVOA period, which is significant. Like 36% of teams to win the Super Bowl uh, are a first DVOA team teams that play in the Super Bowl are almost always a uh, top 5 DVOA team. The only teams outside of the top 10 in DVOA to win the Super Bowl in the DVOA era are the two Eli Giants teams Um, and oh shoot, one other crap team. Joe Flacos was 10, but there's one that was worse than that. But it's all fluky stuff. The Packers aren't like a fluky team. So um, I I, I understand the odds things. Playing another game is not good. Like You might lose that game and then you're out. But uh, if you're the best team... By DVOA, you have a much better chance of winning the Super Bowl than if you're a crap team with a game that's knocked off. And part of that is because if you're a crap team with a game that's knocked off, the next round you're gonna run into a top five DVOA team, and then you're gonna do it again. And top ten teams don't beat two top ten or top five DVOA teams in a row. That that's uh, so. I, I I know that I'm gonna get yelled at for this. It's not maybe statistically rigorous, but I don't care. I would much rather be the best team in the league. And by the way, when the Packers won the Super Bowl in twenty in two thousand ten, this is what they were: they were a wildcard team that was the best team by DVOA, and that is what they turned into in the playoffs, and that's what they won.
1: Yeah, and like so, the Eagles game was a slobber knocker, but they beat the hell out of the Falcons, mm-hmm. like like just murdered the Falcons. They did. Like, I, and then and then you can take that like like stat heads a lot of time will say that momentum isn't a thing. I think it is. I think I think having a hard win <laughs> I, I don't but okay right. ha, I I think but the the, <laughs> the confidence the confidence of going into Atlanta and beating the ever loving piss out of the Falcons who had beat them previously in the year I think is a is a big part of going against the Bears Granted um Cutler got hurt and he wasn't playing a good game already anyway so yeah take from that what you may but i do think that the confidence of beating the 11 piss out of the Falcons yep. helped carry them into the bears game. agreed okay uh brett smith who brett has been uh, a godsend on twitter he's always in my corner thank you brett <laughs> and this is a question that's related to twitter uh do you guys get fatigued by the incessant pessimism from some Packer fans? This post was sparked by the tweet about the number one and number two franchise touchdown passing leaders and how fortunate we have been. <laughs> dot dot dot. Also, Aikman is really overrated. <laughs> we'll
0: get to that one later. But
1: <laughs> um I, I don't know. Like the the thing that gets me isn't the isn't the pessimism. It's the homers. The, the team can do no wrong people because they look at us like we're pessimistic because we're realists.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. I don't think there's that many just outright pessimists out there. There's some. There's some people who like to just complain about like yeah. a call not being what they wanted or something. So it's right. not like there, it doesn't there, exist.
1: But like, There's a reason that we're called Entitled Town.
0: Yeah, Um. <laughs> true. But those folks, I, I feel like, are more rare and more, even more meat heady And they don't really bother me. They don't interact with me that much. Uh, I definitely run into the rah rah segment much, much more. Um, and uh, oh, that's obviously not my bag. <laughs> um, I try to be as realist as possible. And I got in... The, I had a rough Twitter week, generally, because I got anti-vaxxers. But I also was the guy who was like... Well, they're not a great DVOA team or a Pythagorean record team or an EPA team, and those teams tend to not win in the playoffs. And that's as far as I went with it, and I got yelled at like, "Well, you don't know blah blah, but here's the thing. Uh, we have a lot of history of football, and every team that has been in, you know, behind the scenes not quite so good, their fans have always been like, "We're different. We we have this going for us. There is this fluke loss, there is this fluke, you know, this win was actually better like every Every team does that. And you're not the thing that that's the thing about analytics and statistics. You're not special. You're not special. This has happened before. And (laughs) the only thing you can argue for the Packers is they got the best quarterback. That goes a long way, and that's true. But uh, we've seen the Packers with the best quarterback a lot of the time. And uh, all those other factors jump up and get them. And all those other factors are still there. So
1: it's. It is it is refreshing to have a Gen Xer be the one to dunk on the special snowflakes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at. Is, yeah. is we're not we're not the rah rah team. It's it's we what also, sparked our it's what sparked our blood feud with Cheesehead TV. That's the
0: thing. Like we run you into <laughs> we run into Cheesehead TV people a lot, and she, like whatever she, Cheesehead TV they they're good at what they do and they do a nice job, but they're they're definitely have a a house style of pro packer regardless yeah. that's just what they do that that's that's what the carry the g thing is about if there's an internal memo from aaron negler to everybody who writes there like that we will be x positive on uh, everything we write and you know deal with the negatives but always explain away negatives as but this might happen that wouldn't surprise me that, that would so that's their brand have, that's what they I, do I,
1: I will say that they have expanded beyond that somewhat recently um I, I know their social media manager. He's playing a character when he's posting as the Cheesehead TV person. Like he's not. <laughs> he's not the raw. ra. Like, like also when I I joking about this blood feud thing. Paul and I are we're both, both super joking cool. about it. <laughs> like we're both super <laughs> cool with basically everyone at Cheesehead TV. Yes. <laughs> like it's it's it is a friendly ribbing well, that goes. Yes, back and, and Matt forth.
0: was Matt was on the AJ Dillon show. And yes. And, yeah. Like. So. <laughs> I will Which never. That was fun. Yes, <laughs> but but I mean th- they are they're smart and savvy at what they do. But like uh, that that that's I think bothers at least I'll speak for Matt. Um, I get bothered by pro Packer stuff in media more, sure, because that's not what I do. It's not my wheelhouse. If, but if it is, your, for, first of all, it's okay. It's not wrong. Like if you want to just read positive Packer stuff. Uh, that's fine it probably makes you feel good it probably like part of being a fan is is that and that's okay i don't have a problem with that not everybody has to delve into the inner truths and workings of football (laughs) to to garner pleasure out of it that's fine i i understand that like i want to i want to understand like at a base level like what actually makes teams win and tick and stuff like that but there's lots (laughs) of ways to enjoy football that's okay
1: well, also, the entire world is on fire. Yeah. S- society at a base level just flat out sucks. Also that. There's, there, that, is, that is a bipartisan take. Yes. If you get your escapism by going and being a rah-rah fan, good for you, man. Like, like, good for you. I'm happy for you. Get yep. your dopamine any way you can. I like getting into the nuts and bolts. Paul likes getting into the nuts and bolts. And the problem is, is that pulls back the rock and then you see the grubs underneath.
0: Exactly. But, like, uh, I will, uh, like, the, the negative people don't, I don't see them that much, honestly. I, I am them. That's what, I mean, uh, yeah, let's, that's, let's, we are. Let's be honest. <laughs> I am. Yeah. There, there are, there are worse negative people than me, but th- they, yeah. that is just, that is me. So, and yeah. <laughs> also,
1: the majority of the entitled fans are a bunch, are first name bunch of numbers. Yeah, we've we've talked about first name bunch of numbers and I have my quality filter in my <laughs> Twitter <laughs> notifications. If you are a first name bunch of numbers, you are screaming into the void. Yep. I don't know you exist. So yes. that's why it's that's why it's not fatiguing for me.
0: Yeah, hopefully the void will scream back at you one day, but not right now. <laughs>
1: OK, right. moving on to Jay Google. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to say it like JR. Was it good?
0: It was good. It was good. It was good. Hey, Jay.
1: Uh, do, do the Packers, as an organization, start to lock down a little more in order to prevent a massive outbreak before the playoffs start? Well, um, <laughs> um, the the way the statistics are going right now, if you are not vaccinated and boosted, you are going to get Omicron. That is correct. It, it is coming. Yeah. Um. So there's very little that the Packers can do at this point. Omicron's in the building.
0: So just yeah. To to do the quick Omicron. So since like I follow the vaccine statistics and updates pretty pretty rigorously, as does Ryan, uh, also, if you read his stuff at all. Um, Omicron's super contagious. And it, but this is, by the way, first of all, this is mostly good news. Um, it's not good it's super contagious, but Omicron is by most current studies most current news on it, not as severe as either Delta or the original or any other variant. Um, it, it 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 appears to have a, an issue. Um, impacting people's lungs it is it is a super spreader it spreads very easily but it doesn't do the most damaging thing COVID vi- COVID viruses tend to do which is make it hard to breathe so that's it give me a wrap-up signal Um, <laughs> um so uh, for the world it's good that this is happening. It's not good that it's spreading and it's not good that people are going to get COVID but um, it's going to burn through people really quickly and not impact people including unvaccinated people as severely as it did when it was the Delta variant which is a good thing but so, but 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 but
1: I, I, okay. I will say that the big statistic that everyone can look at just like right off the top positives are way way up Yep. and a- access to testing is also down which yes. means there's probably way more positive cases than are being reported Also true. and death and deaths are down. Deaths are down. So way more people have it, and less people are dying. Yes. Now here's your butt. There's there's your overview.
0: Yeah. The butt is this. It, it is it is so much more contagious that even though it doesn't present as many negative outcomes as the other two variants, they were going to get hit with them all at the same time. So it, it's what if you're on Twitter at all, you, what you'll see this referred to as is the denominator problem, which is uh, as a percentage fewer people are going to end up in the hospital and dead, but the denominator is so much bigger that hospitals are still going to be overwhelmed with people with severe um, outcomes from the Omicron variant because they're all getting hit at the same time because it's so much more contagious. Now, th- that sucks. And um, I know some ICU doctors. I know some hospital people. And most of I mean, I live in Chicago, so your mileage may vary depending on where you live and not it doesn't get hit all at the same time. But uh, hospitals are overwhelmed currently. They will continue to be overwhelmed for a while. However, everybody's going to catch this fast. And what Matt said is fundamentally correct. If you're not... Um, If you are vaccinated and boosted, you'll be fine. You'll barely notice it. If you're not, you'll get it. And in most cases, you probably won't be hit very hard either. And then a month or two from now, everybody will have had it and will be done unless another variant pops up, of course. Um, But uh, back to the question. They can contain themselves all they want, but somebody's going to cheat and people are going to get infected. Um, If you are cynical about this, which I'm not, but if you were... Well, first of all, if you're smart, you just vaccinate everybody and boost everybody. This isn't a problem. <laughs> but second, um, they could all just get it. And uh, that would be the other thing they could do. But uh, they're not. there's no containment you can do before the playoffs that people are going to stick to. No lockdown is going to be good enough. And uh, it should be your biggest fear for any playoff team is getting hit by a COVID outbreak at the wrong time. It's going to happen to at least a few teams, and the Packers might be one of them.
1: Yay. What if it happens in Lions Week? What, what if what if the Packers have forty people on, like like, on COVID list? That would be great. Week?
0: Honestly, <laughs> for from, 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 okay. a, from a football perspective only, that would be very helpful towards winning a Super Bowl. From a societal perspective, that <laughs> would be stupid and disastrous. How's that? It's and
1: and that's the, the kind of. But the problem here's the thing, though. It, like,
0: uh, it, it also uh, so. The previous the vaccines have actually slowed down and prevented, in in order, um, the spread of Delta and the original, especially the original. It's Delta to some extent, uh, being vaccinated. Well, let's be clear does not slow down Omicron. Y- you can get it if you. Even if you um, aren't symptomatic, if you can get a test any better on Omicron people, you may have the Omicron variant, and it might not have impact you at all. It, it does not slow the spread. It just doesn't. We're past that. Um, this is just about hospital beds and making sure fewest people die as possible. And people who are vaccinated don't die. Um, so We just, are
1: we are at flatten the curve, part two. electric are. Bugaloo.
0: Although it's going to go fast, but it, that's exactly where we are.
1: Yeah. Okay. Moving on to yeah. PJ Nuclear Wessels. <laughs> There's a I, I I've always wanted to squeeze the Star Trek reference in there for Tex, nu, nuclear vessels Yeah, and, okay.
0: It's from <laughs> it's from Star Trek Four, and uh, it is what Chekhov says when they encounter. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. And
1: remember, the even numbered Star Treks are the good ones. That's correct. So, okay, uh, you can pick two for the playoffs: Zadarius, Jair, Bakhtiari, competent <laughs> special teams. <laughs> Do your picks change if the Packers play in Wild Card Weekend? No. Um, my picks are Zedarius and special teams. Zedarius, really? Yes. Oh. We have no one at outside linebacker.
0: Well, we have two people at outside linebacker, but just two. And then
1: beyond that, we don't even have warm bodies, man. Like it's not even if you have competent outside All linebackers. Right. We have none. Uh... I I think I I love I love Jair. So Jair, Jair is a sh- Jair is a game changer. Yeah. However. They can survive without him. They have. Wait, 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 wait. Their...
0: What were? You... I'm sorry. I may be focused on Zedarius too much. Did you say Bakhtiari and Zedarius?
1: No, I said special teams.
0: Oh, you just okay.
1: I said Zedarius and special teams. Those are my two options. My two picks.
0: All right. No, that's not your. No. Um, I disagree with Matt. Uh, okay. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. That's fine. Uh, I I go Jair and and special teams because um I I can I can fix outside linebackers with. With scheme and and garbage, but Jair's yeah Jair's more important. He's second. The corners well, the, the, the are more
1: important. Is, but the problem is, eventually you're gonna run out of bodies. You're like you're gonna go against a team like the Browns, who spend the end of the second quarter chewing up clock, and then your defense comes out in the second half still tired, and then they they you can't rotate people in and out. There's not enough depth on the defense. That's why I pick Zedarius. Do I like like if if the option is one game, like right now, yeah. Jair I would pick over Zadarius, but for a playoff run, they need more linebackers.
0: All right, I I'll take a lockdown, a completely lockdown secondary any day of the week. All right, fair this enough. Is, see, this question is ruined by special teams, which shouldn't be this bad. <laughs> <laughs> we should have two of the other.
1: Uh, we we, also, we, I we both. How, I love how we're we're both just. Like, who gives a shit, shit about, about Bakhtiari? Bakhtiari.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's the one we agree on is Bakhtiari is not the answer. They can deal without Bakhtiari, which is insane. They can and have. Yep. We, can, we can deal without the best left tackle in football.
1: Well, sh- they were on their fourth left tackle in the Browns. Game. I know.
0: It's crazy. A lot has changed <laughs> since the blindside. You shouldn't,
1: you shouldn't have made fun of him for it. Um, that's- I, hey, man, I made a blindside <laughs> reference earlier today. Did you see it? Yes, I did. I saw it. So um, the Browns attempted to block uh, Gary with a pulling guard, and Tyler Brook of Agnifan Company had never seen that before. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, yeah, man, that's that's how they blocked LT. It is how you stop. That's how you stop a speed rush. It worked. You you ear hole the rushing linebacker. Yep. Oh okay. So yeah. All right. Do you, do you at least understand my pick? I get your logic? point.
0: I get your point. Yes, it's important to have depth at, at edge rusher. Yes, and I, also
1: yes. I I, I wish like like I wish I could I could pick the shutdown corner. I want to pick the you shutdown should, corner. you should pick the shutdown. But when corner. you see a depth chart of two <laughs> competent outside linebackers, one backup, and a guy who played basketball, <laughs> you get you get nervous. Fair enough. Okay, moving on, Alex. Uh, his name is lamers yes yes alex lamers that's right i want to call i want to call him le (laughs) maire uh monsieur le maire uh how would you power rank the three leflore teams 2019 2020 and this year uh i think this is the best team agreed and i think 2019 was better than 2020 however 2020 was more comfortable within the scheme yeah, um, I think 2020 so they, was better
0: than 2019,
1: personally. But, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I, like I, but I think that I think it's a like a like a two a two b kind of thing.
0: All right, fair enough. Fairly close. Uh, R- Rogers' season was better in 2020, and the defense was roughly equivalent. That's kind of where I am going there. There you go. That, that works. Is.
1: All right. Uh, Doctor Hillbilly. <laughs> One of my favorites. As Bakhtiari's return timeline becomes less clear over time, I'm wondering (laughs) if there's a point at which it's simply too late to work him in. Can Aaron Rodgers' favorite all-throw left tackle start a playoff game without any live game reps? I'm terrified um, (laughs) of a rusty Bakhtiari.
0: Yep. Um, So the answer is that it is difficult for offensive linemen to come in with very little practice, not so much because they forget how to play offensive line or need work working at the rust at their position but because chemistry between them and other linemen is so important and realizing who's getting passed off to you and when you need to go to certain spots because the guy next to you didn't do something right or did something extra right and you need to go do something else is very 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 tricky um it's you if you understand the scheme well and you're a long time veteran like Bactarius, it's easier um and it would be easier so here's the thing. If they had the rest of their normal offensive line, I actually think he could step in pretty easily. But this is going to be a line full of just chaos from Bakhtiari's perspective. Uh, All different people doing all different things with schemes protecting some of them and not some of them. Um, And uh, just understanding what he specifically has to do would be very, very, very difficult um, in this scenario. So yeah, it's hard. And putting him in there with no actual live gameplay would be dangerous.
1: Matt nodded. Yes.
0: Yes. Sorry, my my
1: son is back to doing his blood-curdling scream. Brian Polakowski. Talk to me about how important was Merciless. He It appears the defense slide started after (laughs) he went down. Hey, Paul, what was I just talking about?
0: Yeah, pretty important. Whitney Merciless was very good while he was here, an excellent backup, by all accounts a good tutor of the game, and uh, really kills their depth when he's not there.
1: So yeah, see, and I, I wouldn't even necessarily call him a backup. I would call him like a rotational yeah, player. Yeah,
0: that's fine. Like, that's fair. You're like, right. Yeah.
1: So, more we need more outside linebackers, especially like the Packers don't run a true three four. Or they don't run a true four three, but they still use linebackers in the same way that a three four traditionally does. Do. And you you need more linebackers than you know what to do with. And right now they have three. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's really a shame that he got hurt. Um, he was a, he was a perfect. Veteran presence guy who was great in in a limited sample in, in a you know keeping him for what he does keeping him out let the young guys play when he he wasn't needed and a wise player too so uh, yeah very important a big loss for sure
1: oh man I don't want to ask this question. <laughs> PJ Wetzel's coming back hey, after the Pat Max show. Oh, man. Is Aaron the kooklier, kookier of the two QBs this weekend? COVID Kirk has his quirks, but Rona Aaron and his rambles. Oh, buddy. Uh, I think we, we covered this. We did. Kirk, Kirk is very open about his biases, and Aaron Rodgers kind of came out of left field after the whole immunization thing. It's.
0: Aaron's not kooky. A- Aaron is. Um, privileged (laughs) he's a lot of things that might be one of them yes but um i i think as much as he seems like a bold independent skeptic and speaker to a lot of people that he really is wanting to be in a club of cool people um more than anything else and if you look at his friends girlfriend whatever that a lot of his recent outspokenness on pseudoscience is really a personal life thing more than anything, and trying to appeal to his group of friends and peers, and wanting to be the cool guy.
1: Um, also, like if if he legitimately wanted to have these debates, he wouldn't go on his friend's show where he's allowed to say <laughs> whatever he wants, and he would go actually debate a real professional. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, well, he doesn't. He just he just wants to go on and spew. And debates over,
0: debates overrated. Like the, the,
1: <laughs> debates, and then he con- just throws up his hands and goes, "Well, that's my well, that's opinion. my opinion."
0: Like, uh, uh just uh, this is all I dragged along. Um it, it, debate is stupid. Like w- this is a thing where we have uh, it, i I've been arguing with anti vax people all week, but fundamentally, here's what you need to know. We have given the vaccine to a, a huge chunk of the world, like over a billion people. So we have really good numbers on it. Really, 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 really good numbers on it. And we have good numbers on its safety how many people it negatively impacts its efficacy, how many people it stops from getting the disease, or pre- or preventing severe impacts. And that's, that's gotten worse since Omicron came out. But in preventing severe consequences, it's still outstanding. We know all these. And any little nitpicky garbage that anti-vaxxers can pick up to throw at it are faced with a billion sample size real-world study to go back in their face. Um,
1: so debate's stupid. Uh, it's... My final statement on arguing with anti-vaxxers, on listening to Aaron Rodgers talk about his bullshit, all those things. The final statement is you cannot logic someone out of something they did not logic themselves into.
0: Yep. Totally true. Stop
1: arguing with anti-vaxxers. Stop arguing with holistic medicine people. Yeah. Aaron has a point about the the, um, what the hell was it, the antibodies or whatever, the, that treatment? Like well, the really monoclonal expensive. antibodies?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so here's, see, now you're making me talk longer. Yeah, no, no, no. It works. It's, yeah, it's expensive. It, it, ex- it is expensive. It's, it's, it's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> there yes. you go.
1: Aaron, Aaron is speaking from a place of privilege. He does not understand the way a normal person's life works. Yes. Stop listening to him. Stop arguing with people who listen to him. Don't at me because I'm not going to listen. Yep. Good, there we go. Good.
0: Also, he, he said that Japan <laughs> fixed their problem with ivermectin, which is... Yeah, and he was wrong. Not, he also said India did. That's India a, banned it, that's it, so. a not That's not true. That's a lie. So, yeah. All right. Moving on.
1: Okay. Danny Noonan, your brother. Hi, Dan. <laughs> what's more dangerous to the demographic? God damn it. Still got to answer it. He paid.
0: It's easy, though. What's more da- it's an easy <laughs> what's question. What's more dangerous
1: to the... What's more dangerous to the demographic to which this question applies in terms of hospitalization deaths, COVID, or playing football? It's COVID. It's not it's close. It's COVID. Also, the people who can play football at the professional level, there's a thousand of them, and there's several million idiots. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a numbers game.
0: It's 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 really not close. COVID is much more dangerous to the demographic. <laughs> Even the, so, D- just real quick, Danny is making the point. That young athletic people, but Danny is a, a, not young, but athletic person. Um, COVID doesn't kill them most of the time, but it does kill them some of the time. It's just not much. Um, and it kills them way more than playing football kills people. So that's it. The answer is COVID. Not close.
1: You're going to make me go on a polio rant. Uh. We don't need to go on a
0: polio rant.
1: Polio is less deadly than, than COVID. Yes, it is. That?
0: Yeah, I did know that. <laughs>
1: okay uh ted johnson is kevin king still a thing or no uh kevin king has been playing the star position for some reason
0: <laughs> kevin kevin gets his way on the field when he's healthy so yeah he's still a thing he'll be out there he's
1: still a thing yep. he's, he's he, kevin is okay until he isn't pj he's very
0: not okay. <laughs> pj you asked a lot of questions this week
1: god damn pj wessels again final one i promise Sure you do John Madden has the best winning percentage among coaches with at least 100 games. He does. Can the, can the Packers get LaFleur ahead of that? If 17 games stay, it will take exactly 3 more seasons to reach 100 games. Yep. Also feel free to discuss Madden and his legacy. PJ, you're going to be psyched we already did that. Um <laughs> Matt LaFleur has one of the best winning percentages of all time he does. through 3 seasons. Um he is actually if the Packers win this game, he will be the most winningest coach in 3 seasons. Um, and that will count within the 16 game era because he wouldn't have played 17 games yet this nope. season. Um, yeah, it's possible if Aaron Rodgers stays. That's the big if. That's the because Jordan Jordan Love so, ain't getting it done.
0: He uh, he's he's probably not going to do it because uh, his best hope is that sa- that sample size. If he can do it at 100 games, but he has to he has to double his win total um, to get to 100 games. Um, well, to add, to get to Madden's win percentage at 100 games, he needs to double his win total. He actually lose quite a few more times than he has lost so far, um, but it's going to be tough with a new quarterback, and that's the problem. That's why it's hard. Is because um, it, unless you get a guy in the prime of his career that's an all time great quarterback for the you know your your whole tenure, it doesn't work out that way for you. So um, and
1: also. <laughs> To to John Madden's credit, Kenny Stabler is not an all time
0: great quarterback. He's not, nor is Darrell Monica, nor yeah, um, <laughs> indeed. But um, so it's like mathematically possible. It's not even really that hard. It's just he's going to, I think, have lesser quarterbacks after. I, I don't think Aaron's back next year, but certainly 2023 and four, it's going to be new, and that's going to be hard. Yeah. So, no,
1: unless he gets Tyler Huntley,
0: and le- which they should do. But they,
1: <laughs> he's, he's going to be a big offseason. By the way,
0: but just really quick. Tyler Huntley would be an outstanding LaFleur quarterback. He is like a 49er Shanahan LaFleur prototypical guy. And, and they should actually go get him, but they
1: won't. So you're saying he's he's undrafted Trey Lance? He,
0: well, yeah, except he's better than Trey Lance is. He's way better. <laughs> okay. He's way better than Trey Lance is.
1: <laughs> okay, questions from Twitter. Schlong yes. Connery. My favorite. The, starts off with the soft coverage. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. The soft coverage, even going so far as conceding ground between first down markers, has been with two DCs now. Yep. Is that a Jerry Gray thing? I don't watch other teams nearly as closely, but I can't imagine coverage as soft as ours, especially on third downs, is common. Uh, ah. So
0: it's. I think it might be a Jerry Gray thing, but it's more than that. A defensive coordinator problem. And uh, this is one of those things where analytics knows something that has not wormed its way into the game yet, which is that stopping a third down is worth the gamble of giving up a long touchdown um, for for many many reasons. One of which is uh, well, Matt's laughing, but
1: you want do you want to go full circle on this topic?
0: Well, can I do my my like three reasons? Yeah, do, do your
1: stick and then then we'll bring it back.
0: All right, so so um, it's a lot of this is not wanting to get beat like too deep, and that is why it's conservative. Uh, because, and here's the thing, like teams screw up easy throws with some regularity, and so you'll still get stops even playing off with some regularity, uh, especially with bad quarterbacks, especially with guys who can't hit slants every time or can't hit outs every time or can't hit flat plays every time. Um, but aside from that, uh, te- uh, defensive coordinators, head coaches, don't like daring people to throw deep. On third down, especially, because it makes them look stupid. Um, it makes them. It's embarrassing. It's, but it's the right thing to do because long throws are harder to hit, and because the benefit of playing up on people and and jamming them at the line of scrimmage and at the first down marker is you get a turnover, which is huge. Um, and this is one of those things that where the 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 detriment, the the bad outcome, is em- embarrassing, and just getting a third down stop isn't. Uh, It's not a big film thing. It's not something that shows up. So that's why this happens, not just to the Packers, but to a lot of defensive coordinators. And it is wrong. And teams should be more aggressive on third downs, uh, even if it risks getting beat behind them.
1: You want to go full circle on this? Yes. There is a button in Madden called Protect the Sticks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. that
1: That will automatically make your zones protect the first down marker anything that's not a deep blue like so madden has this thing called zone drops where you can you can set how deep certain types of zones are which makes sense and so, <laughs> right and so so if you have cloud flats and hook curls and you hit the protect the sticks button they will play the sticks, they'll play the sticks. They'll, so the they'll, yep so um once again a thing that's a thing in madden how but is not has, a thing in Madden. how
0: long has protect the sticks existed in madden
1: um at least in the mutt era okay so so like six six years that I'm I'm that's a long aware time of. a long time to not has, uh,
0: have wormed its way in as a concept. But, to most um,
1: set, constantly settable zone drops that's like long, last three years. Uh, or That's
0: so. I mean yes, and that's I feel like existed as a concept for a long time. So,
1: but yeah, so the protect the sticks button is right. it's not new. Yeah,
0: like. <laughs> didn't think it was. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? <laughs> so there you go. <laughs>
1: All right. There's also, you can tell, you can tell your DBs to shade in different areas. You can shade over top, shade underneath all that. Ryan Ziegler. Matt, I left your your
0: comment in on this one just so you know. Thank you.
1: I appreciate this because that was going to be my real answer. All right. Uh, It's it's 2026 and Mark Murphy has been fired from the Packers due to insert scandal here. You've managed to apply for and beat out every other candidate. What is the first not on the field improvement you make as the new president of the Packers? And I said more sledding hills.
0: (laughs) All right, I, I actually gave this one a fair amount of thought, and I, I I got a good one here. Um, I would, so I would eliminate the parking lot from Lambeau Field. Um, and I would put up giant monitors on the entire outside of the stadium, surrounding the stadium where the parking lots are. I would set up uh, bars and tents in that parking lot, and every game I would sell that as a place you can go to be around Lambeau um, and still drink beer and watch the game and hear the crowd inside and have your cheers be heard inside Um, and, uh, and still have sort of the game experience, but at a substantially reduced cost. Um, Kind of like the deer district in uh, Milwaukee for the bucks, Um, something along those lines for the Packer games, because those would do mad business and that parking, is not as valuable as what i just proposed and it would also be a nice little bump up in prices for all the people who let people park in their yards and stuff like that so that's what i would do
1: so you would you would do a reverse big yellow taxi
0: yeah exactly i would um pay, take parking lots and put up a paradise you yeah. know you
1: you would you would make paradise and put it on a parking put lot. it on a parking lot Yes. Yes. (laughs) So there we go. And and Um, like
0: like Krolls does this across the street. Like this is not like a even a novel idea. You just have to capture the idea. This is something
1: that has existed in Krolls for years and has not been applied to the (laughs) game.
0: Yes, exactly. But like think of the visuals on TV. If you had like a few huge, huge monitors just like on the outside of the stadium and people crowded all around it
1: it would be like the world cup right like yeah. like when they show these like like crazy standing room only venues exactly like yeah, like, yeah that would be great it'd be awesome mm-hmm. uh jeff arnold is this team better worse or about the same as last year's packers um <laughs> cloud cloud with snow what oh that's someone's name yeah okay never mind uh, <laughs> uh i think we already talked we about that did, with the but... r- ranking so i think
0: they're better but but not not as much better as maybe you think
1: yeah they're they're better they're demonstrably better but not massively right there we go okay um (laughs) p okay pj's equimania st brown Stan account flag of sweden yes (laughs) what happened to all gas no effing breaks
0: uh i don't know yeah. I, I think
1: some of the onus goes on Rodgers because he checks out of a lot of plays. He does. Um that's so that's that's my answer. I think it's they, I think it's right.
0: But they do get too conservative sometimes, and some of that is definitely LaFleur too. LaFleur is definitely the pro running person when they're up by a good amount. So uh eh, it's not great. They should change that. Don't know.
1: Oh my god, there are so many more questions.
0: Well let's I hear you you read the next one and I will edit some of the other ones.
1: Okay. Um, well, is the fact that the DB's... let's do Wait, no.
0: let's do lightning round. We got like 10 left. Let's Let's just go quick, quick answers, like 10 seconds. Is the fact
1: that, okay, uh, David Erickson, is the fact that the DVs are playing soft coverage a result of the depleted defensive line or just why? I think we already talked about that. Um, Why is there no good reason to use Dylan more than it is to grind the clock? Is it because you don't want to take the ball out of 12's hands? Yes. Yes. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Mattingly's sideburns. The Packers are one of the slowest paced teams in multiple metrics. Why does Matt find it necessary to change their play to burn clock?
0: Because run, running is what you do. And he likes running. Matt's a, Like, the Packers pass a lot in situation neutral plays. But they go heavy run on burn clock time. Uh, and they, they do it too early. They need to wait to do burn clock to later. Um, it, it's a it, analytics fault of the team. It's a philosophical thing on the Shanny offense. That's my ten seconds, Matt. Anything different? Okay.
1: Uh, was it more rushing performance by the? Or, okay. Was the worst rushing performance by the defense since the 2019 NFC Championship game? Also, has this team turned into the 2019 with better quarterback play? Um, that was one of the worst rushing performances I've yeah, ever seen. First
0: answer is yeah. That was that was the worst rushing performance since then. That's correct. Second question. Um, uh, no, no, they're better on no. defense than 2019.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um strictly for strictly for Matt who is more overrated than oh, Troy Aikman. Oh shit. And
0: okay. Well, exception we have to talk about this a little bit.
1: We we have to talk about a little, that a little bit. bit. A little. So, um Troy Aikman I think is is the most overrated. The, the, really? people have this like people have this sense of Troy Aikman sucks because they hate him as as the announcer. Okay. But in the world of in the world of football, he's still considered the Hall of Famer and he's yeah, the quarterback yeah. of of the Cowboys dynasty. Most people don't realize that he was actually just a game manager and was carried by a really good team.
0: For sure. That's true.
1: Where John Elway at the prime of his career carried very bad teams. I think that's fair. Um John Elway, his Super Bowl performances are overrated, but I think John Elway the player is correctly looked at over the body of work.
0: All right. Fair enough. Um I still think it's Elway because just because I think people think more of Elway than Aikman.
1: Well, every everyone remembers the Elway copter, and he fucking yeah. sucked that game. Like
0: he was bad. <laughs> like so, Elway uh, copter is the only thing he did. I don't want to go to bat for Aikman too much, but he gets he gets hit a lot on um, on counting stats, uh, and the the Cowboys ran a lot because their offensive line was awesome, and Evan Smith was awesome, and Aikman did rank. Um, First in DVOA in 1993, second in 1992, fourth in 1991, first in 1995, third in 1994. So he's got this pretty good peak of efficiency. Um, it's short, but it's there. And so, well, yeah, his counting stats are bad, and his touchdown to, to um, interception ratio is not great, and some other stuff. He did have a peak of very high level play. So, um, and and I don't think people think of Aikman as that good. I, I know he, because the announcer thing he's on tv a lot and whatnot but like and i don't think he should be in the hall of fame necessarily but uh I, I think he had a high enough peak that he's not quite overrated whereas elway uh elway's super overrated because he's talked about as like a top five quarterback of all time frequently and he's, that's fair he's not that's even fair. he's not even close to that um so I, I feel like elway is like right about where people think he is. like he he's some some people overrate him but a lot of people are just like he's he's oh yeah that guy was pretty good and that's about right so
1: yeah i think early elway was phenomenal late elway was not yeah and pe- people remember heroics of late elway and it All just right. wasn't good we're taking out this um, next, we can take that question just <laughs> get <We'll skip> <laughs> um is it a coincidence that Rogers brings his controversial covid oh no right, i moved is it controversial COVID stuff now that he's the MVP frontrunner, or is he trying to alienate MVP voters so he can play the victim card and cry about cancel culture if he doesn't win? <laughs> uh, you know what? That, I, that question can remain unanswered. It's just a good question. I don't know,
0: yeah. Um. It. it I don't think Aaron thinks about things that much. Um. Uh, all evidence yeah, I, that we have says that he doesn't think about very much that much. So.
1: He's, he complains about cancel culture, but he hasn't actually been canceled. Yeah, his shirt, uh, it,
0: it, I like his cancel culture shul- shirt. Because I would yeah. I am in favor of cancel culture and would like to own one unironically
1: okay uh discord Jerry Eldred is is the shine wearing off on Joe Barry I mean he's playing with a depleted defense yeah I think he's doing the best that he can
0: agreed and they the thing is like over the course of the season, stuff gets figured out weaknesses get figured out teams target you and uh, there's only so much you can do with scheme and eventually you need good players to be in certain spots and uh, with, especially without Kenny Clark up to full strength and without being there and lack of depth in certain positions and not, not Jair, it gets harder. So, so I still think he's done a better job than Mike Patton where they were embarrassed on plays routinely. And at least they're still forcing turnovers on quarterbacks who throw you turnover balls. So, um, he he hasn't been as good, but he's got a lot of good excuses. So, yeah.
1: Okay uh let's see Mc, you, you can skip that one it <laughs> seems like he's turning into a pumpkin yes. like um uh john Ram- ramo whatever <laughs> if they do this again next week now we can start getting concerned why are we running the longest one yard runs that aren't with dylan up the middle um pitching to the outside to create space when everyone's expecting a run up the middle isn't necessarily a bad idea nope, it's, it's just not you probably shouldn't do it at your fourth left tackle
0: that is correct uh it actually worked once with a counter to aaron jones on fourth down in their own territory um but uh
1: a, and it's not okay. a sh- it's not a sure thing with
0: jones until and up the middle either. what yes go i
1: officially have to leave i'm Matt. Ab- you can call me my go pack up. all right <laughs> i'll
0: finish up matt good night Goodbye. Okay. Okay, bye this is long as podcast we ran too long we had technical issues yada 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 all right uh i will finish this puppy up solo um if you were joe barry oh this is from uh C. Hutler, um, uh, this is from Coffee Addict. Um, if you were Joe Barry, how would you remedy issues dogging the defense right now? Uh, it's personnel. It's really hard to fix defensive issues um, this late into the season without an upgrade in personnel. Now, Jair Alexander was act- activated today. That might help. Uh, it should be a big help. But uh, scheme-wise, I mean, we all see them playing off on third down. Part of that is. That they don't have confidence in the guys to make tackles in front of them or catch guys from behind. Um, cautiousness is usually derived from personnel, and uh, like we ripped Joe Barry a ton early, but I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt now on his scheme. It's just what he sees there with the guys he has in his pocket, and it actually worked. Honestly, getting gashed for eight yards of carry sucks, but um, they were able to take the pass away. <laughs> so you know, is what it is. See, um, um Let's see. Um, I'll boil this one down to: Do they lose this if Baker was good or not hurt? Uh, and they don't. Frankly, this is. Here's the thing, though: Cleveland is very good at running the ball. They have a really good offensive line. They can lean on that. Most teams can't. Um, in fact, the only team that really could do this in the playoffs before was the Bucks. They lost Fournette, and their offensive line's taken a bit of a beating. And they without the receivers to take pressure off of it. I'm not sure that's there anymore either. So, um. You can't really copy the Bengals too much. Some teams can, but they're uh, the Bengals. The Browns too much, but you're not going to run into that routinely. So, uh, like, without a d- dominant offensive line and a dominant back, it's not going to happen. Like you might get that with the Vikings a little bit because Cook is kind of like that, but uh, in the playoffs, it doesn't happen that much. Um, are any of the IRA guys actually going to make it back? Jair is. I'm going to make it back. He is practicing this week. He's activated. He'll be back for the playoffs by the looks of it, unless he gets hurt again. Bakhtiari, I don't think so. Zedarius, I don't think so either. And finally, no, I would not sign MBS to a multi-year deal. Um, He's just a guy, whenever you rank him against other deep threats, he just doesn't stack up well on a catch percentage basis. Um, And with Aaron Rodgers, that's kind of inexcusable. Aaron might struggle with his deep ball um, and does occasionally do that, but it's not like these other guys that he's competing against have good quarterbacks either. And the fact that MVS hasn't really improved as a normal receiver, he still doesn't get separation. Um, Aaron makes great throws to make him look good, but he—he he, you could find MVS's anywhere. He's gotten better. He's not a bad player. He's good at run blocking, but uh, he's not worth the kind of money they are going to have to pay on the free agent markets. He's probably going to get a not a, not a stupid huge deal from somebody, but a deal that's not worth matching so yeah we, we, let's not do that so um that'll wrap it up here um thank you all for joining us Um uh, matt left so i'll do plugs myself <laughs> first of all um matt of course remains the meme weaver at acme packing company and has had a good week on twitter um with some sarcastic good um graphic stuff which you should all go check out He is of course calling me the tub um i have my uh, my column on the Browns game up at Shepherd Express. Uh, you can go read that, and I'm going to have something up shortly on DVOA and what the Packers can expect to have happened to them in the playoffs based on their underlying metrics shortly, Not in, in, without trying to be a big downer. Like um, Here's the thing. I have thought for a long time that the Packers' underlying talent will catch up to their record when Alexander and Bakhtiari and Zanaria Smith get back. Um, ha- they have an avenue to upgrade their underlying talent and, and be a team that actually is worthy of the one seed once the playoffs roll around. Um, with J- Jair, Alexander might be enough for that to happen. But it's a closer call now, and there are definitely problems that have been exploited with this team lately that are captured by underlying metrics. So uh, look for that lately. It's not meant to be a downer. It's meant to be a reality check. And uh, like I said, there are ways the Packers can combat it, and um, they still should be considered a favorite for the Super Bowl. So um, That'll do it for us. Uh, We'll be back uh, next week in the new year uh, with a wrap-up of this game. Hopefully it goes well, plus the Detroit Lions have the mini-pod on uh, Friday, um, hopefully, knock on wood, <laughs> uh, going over the, the Vikings in more detail. They're annoying to talk about, to say the least. And uh, that'll do it for us here. So thanks for joining us. Talk Sucker to